You've tuned in to the Bellingham Podcast for the week of July 21st, 2019. This is episode 125. From that city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barsay. And straight out of 9226, I am Chris Powell. On this episode, we are continuing our Community Connections mini-series, extended series, whatever kind of series you want to call it. I got a chance to interview a she-leader here in Bellingham and Whatcom County. It's a spicy interview. Won't you stick around and join us? This, my dear friends and faithful listeners, is the Bellingham Podcast. I do like a good spice up in the morning. How are you doing, Chris? I'm, I'm a little bit uh, cinnamony and a little bit of cardamom uh, and some cumin. In, in, uh, uh, I'm in an alliterative, spicy mood. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm in a, in a, in a, there's a lot of <laughs> nims in there. That's right. Um, I'm doing well, Chris. Uh, we're, we're recording in the morning uh, for once, which is kind of nice. The caffeine is slowly emerging as a dominant force in our behavior. But speaking of dominant forces, uh, you had a really uh, killer interview. I did. I had an opportunity to interview a longtime Bellingham resident named Heather Simpson. Uh, Heather is a former CEO of a real estate firm here in Bellingham, but is currently the founder of of a movement, a nationwide or dare I say worldwide movement called She Leads Me. It's based hmm. in Bellingham. This is a collective that focuses on empowering women in the realms of leadership and growth opportunities in both their professional and personal lives. Uh, also, fun fact, Heather is the host of another podcast out there. You know, funny thing, AJ, there's more than just our podcast out there. What? There is. We're not screaming to avoid? She has a podcast Ooh. called the She Leads Me podcast. Subscribing and now? Exactly. Well, I already have. Oh. You know, to prep for the interview, I want to become familiar with okay, the well, content. this is this is my way of doing a nice shameless plug for her podcast. Yes, I have her already on. You're, you're we, breaking uh, fourth wall. I'm breaking the fourth wall. Fourth wall, kind of like Ferris Bueller, where he looks at the camera. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, Heather is the host of the She Leads Me podcast. Just wrapped up season one. Congratulations, Heather. A little less than thirty episodes where she really got Brené Brown level vulnerable and genuine mm -hmm. in uh, sharing herself and yeah. her story and information, and has some great insight interviews with a lot of leaders, both female and male, uh, spreading information to improve listeners' career paths and their personal journeys. I'm taking that from the show notes for the love of Warren Martini drink. Drink. So enough of this banter as the caffeine's gonna course through our veins. Let's go right to this interview with Heather Simpson from She Leads Me. Heather Simpson, thank you so much for joining us on the Bellingham Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So uh, I want to get started with learning a little bit more about uh, your path mm -hmm. as, as a boss lady, mm -hmm. if you will. Uh, for many people, being a CEO of a business uh, would, for some, would be reaching the top of the ladder. So did you find higher rungs on that ladder once you took a look around? Or is this move to, as, as founder of She Leads Me, an entirely different ladder? That's a great question. Um, you know, being a CEO, yes, I think in the traditional sense, there is this like, yeah, you've had the, you've reached the top, you're at the top of the ladder there. But for me, there's so much growth and evolution that's going to happen here in the future. We're really just at the beginning. So for me, that that job title, whatever I may be in the future of She Leads Me has so many different evolutions of what that's going to be and, and become. Because right now I'm just a one woman show. So 
so yeah, it sounds great and fancy, uh, but there's a, a lot of a lot of work that goes into it as as an editing CEO. Position. Sounds like you took what where you got and you uh, went to go to take on another challenge, and here's another ladder for you to continue uh, evolving and climbing upwards. Yes, yes, I am definitely a person that really thrives off of growing as an individual, and I'm always looking for different avenues and ways to do that, and. She leads me as a really great place for me to be able to grow alongside the other women that come along in our community. Excellent. Sounds great. Yeah. So going to get a little bit uh, in depth now. Great. <laughs> uh, was there a moment in your career as you're looking back, mm-hmm. uh, which at the time was completely horrible or heart wrenching, uh, which has made you stronger today? as a result, as you look back on the experience in the rearview mirror? Yeah, um, there's a few, actually. There's definitely, this has been a journey to get to where I am today. And uh, as a lot of people, they have different experiences or things that kind of have them take a sharp right turn, if you will, Mm -hmm. in their life, in their career, even maybe to a different industry. And I, I definitely have had those moments along along the way where whether it was in my CEO position at a previous company in a completely different industry where there were so many challenges that came up and and eventually they all just kind of came to a head which which caused my departure and that was just I mean so looking in the rearview mirror yes that was definitely a time that was like earth shattering to me sure and um you know, kind of took me out at my knees and didn't know how I was going to overcome that or where the next steps of my life were going to be at that time amongst many other stories that have happened in my past too, both personally and yeah, as w- as with most of our career paths, when we arrive at a certain place, uh, you've mentioned a number of times in your podcast, we'll get mm-hmm. to that in a little while, uh, that you've built up a great deal of resiliency. Yes. And I think that comes with age. Yes. And, it, <laughs> it, 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 and experience. And experience yeah. and some of these uh, blindsided moments. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, the rearview mirror, sometimes you, you look back with fondness. Sometimes you look back with regret and sometimes you rip out the rear view mirror in, uh, entirely. Yeah. I've definitely found the rear view mirror to be a sticky point for me because if you're only driving looking in the rear view mirror, you're going to crash. Right. So that experience happened in the past. Sometimes you just need to leave it there. We definitely learn from it. Sometimes we glance back to make sure that we're like gaining further into safety, um, from the experience or from the incident. But Yes. Yeah. Sometimes we do just need to rip it out and just be like, see you later. We can't, yes. can't keep going back there. Very good. All right. So, um, so I've always been a fan of the movie back to the future too. Okay. So when future Biff goes back in time uh-huh. to give younger Biff that sports almanac, uh, to help him make his fortune. Mm-hmm. So Heather, if I could give you the DeLorean to go back <laughs> in time to visit young Heather, oh, uh, and arm her with knowledge for the future, what would you tell her? Hmm. Hmm. I first would tell her that everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and second, I would I would really encourage her just to keep going. I think that sometimes when we take a path that isn't the norm, we take a path that maybe certain loved ones don't understand around us, but we feel really called to that path, we can have a lot of self-doubt in ourselves. And so I would tell that younger Heather to just stay on the course and stay in the path and follow 
your heart and what your intuition is telling you to do because you're doing the right thing. Okay. So have confidence. Yes. Uh, I think yes. If, if I was to tell younger Chris, uh, if I went back in time, I'd probably say there's a great power in the phrase, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, in technology, I always have to come up with an answer immediately. And oftentimes to not talk out of my butt, yeah. to try to come up with a tech solution, <laughs> yeah. to confound my client and just mm-hmm. say, you know what? I don't know. Let me get back to you on that. Yes. At least from my perspective, that helps out that. But to have uh, a way to say it'll be okay, mm-hmm. you don't have to have all the answers right now. Right. I yeah, get, I, yeah get that. I love that too. That's really good. Absolutely. So when, when I envision leadership, which is what She Leads Me is all about, mm-hmm. I unfortunately... Uh, think in terms of control. Sure. Now, this is like a general marching his or her troops into battle. Of course, that's my male grunt grunt mindset <laughs> from yeah. how I was raised. Yeah. So, Heather, how would you frame leadership for a woman as it would pertain to her significant other or partner in a relationship setting. Yeah. So I, there is something to be said for the traditional models of leadership and how we've all grown up viewing different leadership positions. Um, my partner was in the military background and so he definitely views leadership as a very hierarchy type experience. Um, whereas I, I don't necessarily have, um, different gender roles that play out for leadership for me. When I approach my relationship or even parenting as my highest and best self, that's me stepping into leadership. So when I look at a situation and and my maybe young parts or maybe the immature parts of Heather that come out in a really challenging time, really have to slow myself down to make sure that I am stepping into almost like it's a new framework of my mind and a new like I'm actually literally stepping into a different version of myself and I call that my highest and best. And what would that person do in this situation? How would that person try to mend um, the bridge, if you will, or lead during a challenging time? Um, because really, we're all on the same side, mm-hmm. right? And so leading each other through difficult times or good times or um, unsure times is is a really, really important aspect that I, I try to do. Um, and hopefully, you know, so far, so good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, let's a lot of your audience with She Leads Me is is for the upper management mm-hmm. uh, woman and also entrepreneurial uh, mindset. Yes. Uh, business owners and such. Let's say that there's a 20-something young woman that mm-hmm. is uh, listening to our show, and she's working hard, but not in an upper management role, kind of in the trenches like me, and mm-hmm. you know, as a in customer support or customer service. Sure. Yeah. How would you offer wisdom for a young professional to be a leader to their colleagues or even their management when they aren't designated as a leader in the organizational hierarchy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So to me, leadership is very different than being a manager. And so leadership is a is a frame of mind. It's a it's the state that you're in and it's how you think and view things. So if I'm thinking like a manager, I'm looking at my job description. I'm looking at what are the tasks that I have to do to get my job done and make my boss happy. If I'm looking at something through the lens of a leader, I'm looking at what is the best thing overall for the situation, not what's best for me that will give me any type of credit, like not coming from that place, but coming from a place of what's best for everybody here. And a lot of it too kind of comes back to um, 
you know, what you want and also getting in there and doing a lot of hard work. So there's this kind of era that's happening where a lot of people that are my age and and a, a bit younger that also kind of feel like they need to hold out and um, have a little bit of entitlement and don't necessarily feel like they have to get in and do the hard work Mm -hmm. to get to the next place. And so my advice to that person would also be like really great leadership also comes from a lot of experience and a lot of seeing bad management and experiencing kind of some of the bad things too. So you have to get in there, you have to do the work, and you have to actually be willing to put in the time to get to those next levels. And that doesn't mean overworking, that doesn't mean over hustling, that just means that you have to be willing to roll up your sleeves and get in there and do it because a lot of people aren't willing to do it anymore. And I had to do a lot of hard work for no money to get to where I was going in my career in a previous industry. And I valued every single step of that. I learned so much in the process. I was able to grow as an individual. And so that's where I would have somebody start is is there. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay. So uh, let's talk about your She Leads Me podcast. Yes. So fellow podcaster. <laughs> yes. Uh, as of today, I believe there are 28 episodes available. Yes, that's uh, And you're in process of wrapping up season one. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. You thank made it through the first much. season. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I've listened to most of them because uh, I am always interested in different perspectives mm-hmm. uh, in, in the business leadership uh, productivity uh, realm even though I may not have that in my job description, it always is of interest to me because yes. I, my clients are, I'm leading my clients from a nerd standpoint. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the words that I would probably describe your podcast would be empowering, genuine, and vulnerable mm. in a lot of ways because you you really came out of the gates full force in a, uh, sharing a lot of your story and yes. yourself. And that yes. kind of struck me as... A little bit ironic or counterintuitive in most of what we experience in social media, current social media. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, that is difficult to do. Mm-hmm. So props for that. But my question to you is, how would you encourage someone who hasn't explored being vulnerable or maybe who has tried being authentic in the past with someone taking a risk, mm-hmm. but got uh, rejected or shot down by that other person is kind of wounded or, and uh, hesitant to try to get into that authenticity pool. Yeah. So look, here's the thing is when you're on, when you're authentic, when you're vulnerable, like you're going to have naysayers, you're going to have people that are going to try to make you feel lesser than because that's their story and that's their issues that they're working through, right? So those people that try to attack you, that's because they're going through something that's not about you at all. And so I would say being vulnerable and being authentic definitely has a cost to it, but far greater is the reward of the people that you attract and you actually get to connect with because you're connecting with those people on the you level, mm-hmm. on like the deepest, most authentic version of you when you go to that place and share that vulnerability. So, so yeah, it's, it's a tough road sometimes. And it's definitely, it's cost me a lot of things that at the time I thought were earth shattering type moments where me speaking my truth, me being authentic, me coming from a place of vulnerability did, I mean, at one point it cost me my job. And at that time, I just thought that the world was over. But when you 
again, if we're using that car analogy and you're driving forward into your future, that perspective becomes so much greater. And you can see then following who you are, your intuition, again, that authentic self will only get you closer and closer to where you are called and meant to be in this world. And there's such great reward in that. And you have to remember that in the times that other people try to rip that down. Sure. Uh, for, for me, if I'm going to implement a new uh, skill set for myself, I often have to find someone to emulate. Uh, growing up, I often emulated the, the guitarists on MTV. Mm -hmm. I want to be like them. But yeah. uh, as far as getting to a place where I could be vulnerable or genuine, uh, because I had a really wonderful wall growing up. Uh, <laughs> stay tuned for another episode about that one. Uh, I, of course, uh, viewed Brene Brown's mm. TED Talks and uh, some of her uh, online uh, presentations. Yes. Was there a person or a speech or a video that you happen to see that kind of uh, was a trigger for you to like, yes, I can give this a try or I have the confidence to be like fill, fill in the blank? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for me, I am such a, I cast a wide net looking for different things to kind of pull into, um, the continuing evolution of Heather Simpson. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's been a lot of really great influential people that I've seen, not necessarily one moment or one specific person, but people that I love to follow are Brene Brown. I really love the content that Brendan Bouchard puts out. Uh -huh. He's really great. Um, you know, Tony Robbins, a lot of the great people that um, have kind of forged their own paths. Allie Brown is another one. She is a um, coach for entre entrepreneurial women, like high end, like high level entrepreneurial women. So probably of all of them, actually, in hindsight, she would be the one that I... Um, started to take action after coming into context with her content that she would put out sure. there. Yeah, so she would be the one probably. Okay, very good. So with all those episodes in the rearview mirror, yes. notice how I like these car analogies. Yeah, I do too. And after many interviews with top leaders in, in the leadership realm, uh, as uh, from the podcast standpoint, what were some surprises you experienced along the way that you weren't necessarily... Uh, expecting while making these 28 episodes so yeah. far and many more in the future. Yeah. So I think the, the most surprising thing for me was the fact that people have tuned in and listened, to be honest. Like when I started the podcast, that was a, a passion project for me. I just, I know that I have a voice that I want to share with others and I have stories that I want to share and experiences that I want to share. And I put it out there with the faith that, some people would plug in and find value from that. Everything that I do within She Leads Me and within my life, my the very first thing I think about when I wake up is like, how do I provide value to people today? Who should I be providing that value to? Could you repeat that just one more time for our listeners? Because that's yes. an important uh, mantra to say in the morning when you're groggy and rubbing your eyes, please. <laughs> yes. So the first thing that I do think of in the morning is how do I, who am I supporting today? How do I best support those people and who is that person? Exactly. And so I, that's my framework. And so I didn't know who the listener would be of the podcast. I literally was like, well, I know my mom and dad will listen, right? Like hopefully my sister and brother listen. And That's four down. Yes, four yeah. down. So <laughs> great. Awesome. I have a few good friends that will probably tune in. Um, the amount of exposure that we've reached in 28 episodes, um, I just was actually texting a couple of people this morning because I 
went back into my database and and looked at kind of the updated number and we're now in 23 countries and that blows my mind every single time I look at it I'm like who who are these people that tap in and listen every single time we release a podcast so for me that's been the most amazing surprise the other thing is the amount of people that say yes to an interview Mm. when you think that they might say no Mm -hmm. so that's been a really big thing that I've learned in doing the podcast or kind of doing some of our events is asking anyways and you'll, you'll be surprised with the responses a lot of times. And I've been pleased that you actually said yes to this interview yes, as I well. Did. So this is a, a double bonus. <laughs> yes. All right, let's lighten the mood a little bit. Mm-hmm. So She Leads Me has a couple of connections events yes. uh, on the horizon, one in Oak Harbor on July 11th yes. and one here in Bellingham on August 1st. More details on sheleadsme.com. Check it out. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> what can a she leader, as you've described, mm-hmm. uh, who may be new to your movement, yes. as, I call, as I would refer to it, expect? What would they expect by attending one of these connections events? Yes. So there's a reason why we don't call this a networking event and why we've reframed it as a connections event. And it's because in my journey as a female leader, I really felt a disconnect for myself um, to find those actual true connections that I could meet other like-minded women and be able to help support them in their journey and have them help support me in my journey as well. And I really wanted to put something together that was very different. And so when you come to our events, these events specifically, we ask that people keep their business cards tucked away. And we do that for a reason because we want people to show up with a different frame of mind. Oftentimes I find that when somebody shows up with a business card in their hand, they limit themselves to their 30 second spiel about who they are and what they do. And it's kind of a conversation stopper as opposed to a starter. Mm -hmm. And so it's this interesting concept that we've done that people actually turn out to really love because then you actually create some really authentic connections. It doesn't mean that people don't end up doing business together, but that's not the primary focus of our events. There's a lot of really amazing networking events out there that the focus and goal is to connect people to do business. We're looking to connect people to actually have a community of people there to support them on their individual journeys. So you can expect that. You can expect a room full of really amazing high energy women that are there with an abundance mindset. And when I say that, I mean that there could be a whole room full of realtors in that room, but they are not fearful of the other realtor that's walking in. They know that there is enough to go around because the universe is a limitless place and the only limits that are there are the ones that we put on ourselves. So it's a very different type of group that comes in and it's it's really incredible. We have content that we present every single month. So we're there to not only connect, but also to grow as individuals. So we talk about everything, which is also something that is so key for our community, where we're looking to actually speak to the entire woman, not just the professional woman, but the mom, the partner, you know, the any it's fill in the blank of the various different things, the person who has to balance it all, the person who needs to take care of their health, the person who also needs, we need to have discussions around mental health and normalizing that conversation and that it's okay to receive help, right? So... I'm throwing a lot at you right now, but that is... I can take it all. (laughs) Keep bringing it. 
that is what people can expect is that we're willing to talk about topics that isn't really touched on in a lot of different communities because they're taboo or whatever. And, and I'm not afraid to take a stand and tell people who we're for and who we're not for. It really helps us hone in who shows up at the group and helps everybody benefit from that because I'm authentic to me and what she leads me is looking to do. Everybody else benefits from that because they know that they're in the right place when they walk in and they feel all of that. It's so much more uh, enticing for someone to attend than a simple 30 second elevator pitch and a business card. And like, how do I, how can I make an impact (laughs) in this short amount of time? It's great when someone gets, wants to get to know someone as a person outside of who they are as their job, because we are not defined by our jobs. Exactly. I've heard that somewhere before. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Heather, let's, let's, uh, lighten the mood a little bit. I always ask some questions about, uh, for my interview guests to get to know them outside of their work, professional Mm -hmm. work. So, um, as of this morning, uh, from, yes. uh, from as we're having this discussion, uh, you interviewed a candidate for the Bellingham mayor election this fall season. I sure did, yes. Heather Simpson, please complete this <laughs> sentence for me. Okay. After I am elected mayor of Bellingham, within the first 90 days of my tenure, I intend to... Man, thinking political is a stretch for my brain, so this is really fun, actually, for me to think about. Okay. Uh, I would want to provide more support for and more awareness for the resources that are out there in our community. Like what? Even, like, the, the, the more popular ones are, like, food bank or, you know, access to health services and those types of things. I know that there's so many different community things out there that I learn about pretty frequently that I'm like, I had no idea that this existed in my hometown of Bellingham. So I would probably research a lot of those different things and figure out what they were and then bring more awareness to them. Like there is a uh, nonprofit called Days for Girls and they are there for the young women of their community and look to provide support for them and their becoming becoming a female, right? So there's all sorts of different things. I would just want to look for the various different things that are out there in our community so that we can bring more awareness to them, which is what I try to do with my podcast, which is what I try to do with bringing on guest speakers at our events where I want to find the people that are doing really great and amazing work in our community and bring more awareness to them um, through a bigger platform. And so that's probably the number one thing that I would do. And I'm not sure about policies and whatnot, but that can come with time. You that have can 90 come with days. Time. And I, yeah, I have a big learning curve. <laughs> there you go. Sounds good. Well, you know, it's a great way to get to know you uh, as you're answering that question. So when work life gets to a highly stressful place, and I'm, you know, I'm sure mm-hmm. we all experience that at some times, where yes. in Bellingham do you go to exhale or take some uh, quiet time or look to process or find some solitude? Where in Bellingham uh, do you go for that? uh, Yeah, I definitely have my zones within my home that I have set up for myself. As a mom of three, you definitely need that space, right? So um, even if it's just like a little conversation, if the the kids are in the house, right? Of like, okay, like this is where mom's going to be for the next 15 minutes. Like I just need some time, like, you know, please don't knock whatever, um, just to have my time in my space. The other places that I like to go, I do like to be outside. So like Patton is a great place for me to just mm-hmm. go. Um, cause it's not on a street and you're just able to like be 
in nature, which is awesome. Oyster Dome is great. Mm-hmm. Any types of those things. Um, but if it's more of an immediate an immediate need for me to like get some space, um, I've created that within my home so that I can tap into that right away. Very good. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's great to be able to use your home as a quiet place. It is, yes. Especially with a lot of kiddos around. Yes. <laughs> so here's a pop quiz. Okay. Where is the best place in Bellingham to get a bite to eat? You know, I really love a lot. It's actually funny because my son and I were at Zen Sushi last night, which we really love. Mm -hmm. Um, And he asked me, he's like, where's your favorite place to go eat in Bellingham? And I'm like, what? I have to choose? Like, oh my gosh, I I don't even know. Like, I have no idea. So let's Um, go for the top three then. So top three would be, I really enjoy some good Mexican food um, at El Reconcito, which has been there forever, Mm -hmm. which is down off of Alabama and U Street. And my... In my childhood, my family and I would go there. So it's like a, a bit of nostalgia and good food and good people because they always like to, they're very welcoming there. Yes. I also really enjoy a lot of spots downtown. Um, so I really enjoy Black Sheep and their yes. yummy little tacos and their nachos are amazing. Oh my gosh. That's on um, Holly Street, I believe. Yes, yep. it is on Holly Street. They just op- it expanded into a bigger space. They took uh-huh. over the old Goat Mountain. So now there's lots more room for you to go enjoy some tacos. Um, Shameless plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> you might find me having business meetings there. From there you time go. To time. Yes. <laughs> um, and the third place I really love Mambo. I really love Mambo Italiano down in Fairhaven. Oh, yeah. Really just great, good. Very good. Mm-hmm. So you've been around Bellingham for quite some time. You My whole re- life. A yes. whole life. Mm-hmm. So... Two-part question okay. as we wrap up. Uh, what is, as you've seen Bellingham change since you were a little kiddo, mm-hmm. what, is, uh, what is one aspect of 2019 Bellingham that you thoroughly love? And what's one aspect that you're kind of like, oh... I mean, I love seeing the growth of Bellingham. I do love seeing our community grow because I feel like a lot more opportunities are there for other individuals to tap into. So whether it's uh, new businesses that pop up or different communities that come together, I do love seeing the growth and and meeting new people. Um, I'm really loving the fact that there is more development of parks areas, especially like around the waterfront. I mean, we live in such a beautiful area. I love seeing like even what they did with Boulevard Park for a million years, there was no Woods Coffee down there. There was kind of an okay park. Like it wasn't what it is today. And so I love seeing the city tap into its natural beauty and have us all be able to enjoy it in a much better place. The things that I'm not super excited about. Um, I mean, I, I really love to encourage people to move here. I have a lot of friends that live out of the area that love Bellingham and would love to come actually like relocate their families here. Mm -hmm. It's really dang expensive and it's become more increasingly expensive. Um, even in, you know, the last four years. It's just like really shot up quite significantly. So that's a hard thing for me to say because I have a real estate background and I know like what healthy growth and rising prices does for our community. But um, the thing that I don't like seeing is that the economy is not matching that rise. So... It's a tough. It's a tough situation for the city and the county to contend yes. with. Uh, something a mayoral candidate would probably uh, yes, address, which he is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, very good. Uh, Heather Simpson, founder of She Leads Me. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bellingham podcast. Continued success. Thank you. Appreciate it so much. 
Okay, dynamic would be putting it lightly. She's it, awesome. Indeed, I, I, you can tell why I was jacked to be able to have uh, an opportunity to sit down with Heather and and get an and interview yeah. and such. Uh, thank you, Heather, very much for joining us on the show. Uh, continued success, as I always say, to all of our interview guests on, with She Leads Me and this movement that is growing. A couple things. There are some upcoming events that we alluded to in the conversation for She Leads Me. Uh, on the horizon, two of which would be connections events. They're not quite networking events as okay. uh, Heather might have uh, mentioned, both in Bellingham and in Oak Harbor uh, coming up in early August. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then there's going to be a Nourish Retreat in San Diego, California in October. Check out www.sheleadsme.com FOMO information so you can eliminate FOMO, FOMO in your own life. FOMO. That's right, baby. <laughs> so anyway, in most broadcast English would be for more. Right, right. We will enunciate and use our sibilant sounds. But I'm Chris and I am funky, therefore I say FOMO information. FOMO for the funky. Anyway, she leads me dot com a lot of information a lot of uh, and you can check out the podcast episodes they're available yeah, for streaming totally do uh, and they're definitely worth it whether or not uh, you are a podcast listener or not you can listen to it on the web you can also listen to us on camry 102.3 fm they're community powered here in bellingham whatcom county and abroad on camre.org <laughs> that was a nice extension yeah i do what i can should i should i button this up we should button it up unlike john travolta and saturday night fever there we go and that wraps it up for this edition of the bellingham podcast thank you again so much for listening to us rating us reviewing us wherever you like to get our podcast from the city by the sailor sea I am AJ Barsay. And I'm Chris Powell. Thanks once again to Heather Simpson for joining us on the show. And thank you for listening in once again to the Bellingham Podcast. And cue those outtakes. <laughs> so okay. um, there was something about you where you said we should button this up. Yeah. Uh, like, like a button fly collar in a Fresh Prince of uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff music video. We should button this up like a... <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is going to be the endings. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, we should button this up like a button-up button-up. No? Right, okay. right, right. Uh, we should button this up like a, <laughs> a, a, a New York disco... Um, uh, no, I'm just thinking buttons. Button-up button-up like... Uh, like an Eisenhower jacket. <laughs> Eisenhower... Uh, I thought we are not doing politics. That was completely random and the caffeine's fully kicked in. We should wrap this up. I need some more coffee. That wraps it up for this edition.